You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team patches revealed that uh wick grousebeck's real name is white cleft that's why we're all giggling but that's yeah, such I, a g name yeah go ahead gordo sorry to interrupt uh, but no, yeah i, was, I mean i, I mean tyler o'neill's solid addition no i'm i'm in favor yeah. of it i like no. the addition we needed the right-handed bat it's basically a replacement of verdugo but i think a more a potential for a more consistent verdugo well the the reason like i see a lot of people who mistakenly think that this is like maybe a fourth outfielder type like that's very much not the case like this is like a a legitimate upside addition and like he could be a plus defender plus bat and speed if he puts it together this is he's he's a guy on an an expiring contract uh i think he's a way better fit for than verdugo was for the Sox because a he's a right-handed hitter b they needed power from the right-handed side he makes less money than verdugo um, he hasn't played much right field, but as a plus defender, two gold gloves, I think he can he could spot out there. He's gonna hit well at Fenway Park. Like he's on, he's in his contract year. There's a lot of good things to like here, and I think the biggest thing that I see is that they didn't invest in one of those three or four year contracts. Like you maintain your flexibility while also investing in an, an upside, and usually. If you want to invest in upside, like you're looking at one of these guys like, okay, I think Teoscar Hernandez can go back to what he was two years ago. I think that like Jorge Soler at Fenway Park could hit 40 home runs. I think Lourdes Gurriel would play good defense. Like there's plenty of guys who you can invest three or four year contracts into that have plenty of upside. But the issue is the downside is if they stink, you're locked in for three or four years. With O'Neal, you gave up very little. You get a guy who has upside and and if it works you can extend him and if it doesn't then in a year you can see if Luis Robert is available if the Padres are trying to shed more money and want to trade Tatis or maybe Roman Anthony and Sedan Rafaela are knocking down the door of the big league club and you don't even need the guy anymore like I think maintaining that flexibility in the outfield is big and I didn't think they were going to be able to get a guy with upside to do that and honestly I was really impressed that they were able to do it while also at the same time if you if you combine that and the verdugo move they 
They have a better farm system than they did before that. They're spending less money than they were before that. And the prospects that they do have as a result, like he, Dick Fitz projects as a starting pitcher. Even, even if he's a back-end guy, he projects as a starting pitcher. Nick Robertson, like, as much as I thought he might be able to impact this year's Red Sox team, like, he was going to be a reliever. And you didn't know what he was going to be. So I, I really like the move. I think it's an underrated move. I don't think enough people are talking about it just because, naturally, you see Juan Soto go to the Yankees and you see Shohei Otani sign. Like, who, who the hell wants to talk about Tyler O'Neill? But I think this was a great trade. People yeah, aren't talking about I, the fact that he... Oh, sorry, Pat. Go for it. Go for it. I just found a no, very I was, cool stat. I was going to agree with Gordo. I think fit-wise, it's perfect. You have someone with plus-plus defense, a ton of pop, everything that, from the right-handed side, everything the Red Sox need. The biggest question with him is health. If healthy, at his absolute worst, if he is healthy, you have an Adam Duvall with 90-grade speed. At his best, you have a gold glove winning 30-30 guy. That is, Verdugo could never be a 30-30 guy. Never mind have, Verdugo played a great right field. He mastered the right field at Fenway. He was never fast. He never had an absolute rifle of an arm. Defensively, O'Neal's an upgrade. Offensively, both floor and ceiling higher than Verdugo. I love the fit. I love the move. You gave up nothing. If he doesn't stay healthy, you gave up nothing. You have a plethora of outfielders you can play. You have Duran. You have Ref Snyder. You have Rafaela. You have Yoshida. You have Abreu. You have the insurance there. I love the risk. I love the fit. I love Tyler O'Neill. I want to lift with him. Sorry. We we could definitely get that happening. I, I think we could do a workout session between like Duran and uh, O'Neill. Wait, you're not Pat. You're not. You're not like intimidated at all. That was my. That was my question. I need because Pat's our resident muscular guy on the podcast. So like Tyler O'Neill comes in, his biceps. A little bit are of a threat. Little little threatening in the bicep and the trap department. Pat, I just want you to have a chance to say your piece here. Yeah, no, it uh, it, it scares me. I mean, Jaron Duran, fitness wise, I thought he was off the charts. Then you see Tyler O'Neill after a walk off in St. Louis looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the eighties. It's not great, but it hurts. Pat, are you quite, are you are you debating not going to winter weekend now? Are you scared at all? <laughs> I'll layer up. I'm, I'm going to layer up. I'm going to wear okay. A yeah, you got long some wear a padded suit, wear a goose suit, jacket. I'm just going to say I'm two forty. I thought you meant brute strength. He's gonna be like, nice to meet you, man. But you know what they say? Like it's it's a lot similar to like, you know like rising tides lift all boats. Um, like very similar rising testosterone lithol testosterone. So maybe your T levels will spike. I, I mean, that'd be cool. That's We're that's a monitor. benefit. Let's monitor that all year long to see if like when Tyler O'Neill and or Jaron Duran do something productive. We're gonna have a monitor on Pat's T levels to see if they change. Good or bad. I like that. It will. Yeah. We'll like have Pappy going. We'll get a sponsorship. It'll be. I don't know if there's any like men's health. Gold's gym. Uh, It'll be Gold's, Gold's gym. Gym's Do they measure testosterone for people? No, I don't think so. Muscle and maybe fitness. that's something we can work out. Good outlet. Muscle yeah, and fitness. Could, oh, it's like okay. We could do like those Frank Thomas ads. Do you guys see those with him and Doug Flutie? You ever seen those? I forget yeah. what it's for. It's like testosterone yeah. something. All right. Or what? What is it uh, for? Hims? I'm sure we could. If for Hims does a lot of sponsorship <laughs> stuff. Think, maybe we'll yeah. Pat can do like a. I thought that was testosterone hair. check. 
spot brought to you by four hymns. I will get Odyssey working on that. Uh, but like a, new, a cool little nugget for people. Um, Tyler O'Neill batting 500 with a 500 Babbitt at Fenway Park over 13 plate appearances. One dinger. That's just over. I mean, he's he only played there in 2022. So it's not like too much of a uh, of a, a field of uh, data there. But dude, dude plays well at Fenway. I mean, that's just the proven track record. Like that's history for you, Sammy. Um, but Ugh. It'll be inter- I, I definitely think it'll be interesting to see how he plays the outfield more than just like how his bat is at Fenway. Um, just because I are they've been talking about him most likely becoming center field. Uh yeah. adjusting to the triangle uh, is going to be quite interesting. Just anyone ever playing out there, but I think it also gives outfielders the ability to really show off their athleticism. So I'm always excited about that. So that, that's actually a question I wanted to raise. So he has a gold glove, but they're left field gold gloves. And yep. it looks like 2023, left field, 58 games, center field, 13 games, did not play right field. And the reason that concerns me a bit is that right field's right field, but at Fenway, that is by far the toughest right field, probably on the planet, that you're ever going to find. It's gigantic. You basically need a second center fielder. Best possible example I can think of. Jackie Bradley Jr. in center, Mookie Betts in right. Another one, Shane Victorino, center fielder his entire career, comes to the Red Sox, right field. So, yeah, that's a tough that's a tough assignment. I think I see him more as a left field platoon with uh, Yoshida. Possibly Trying to get Yoshida field. off his feet. Yeah, if there's if there's a tough lefty on the mound, maybe you spell Duran for a game because uh, Yoshida can hit lefties fine. You give O'Neill the start in center. I don't see him too much in right field, to be totally honest. Might be wrong, but yeah, I feel it. left field, center field. I my opinion on the trade changes dramatically if his if the plan is not for him to be in right field. Like, because you're right, Sammy, he hasn't played it pretty much at all. It was like I think it's like first year or two in the majors. He played like less than ten games or something there. Uh, <clears throat> but if their plan is to put him in right field, because he has a really good arm. Like, it's not just that he can play center field and has the range for that. Like, he's got a really good arm, too. It's a plus arm. So I, I think he should be able to handle right field. But yeah. if their plan is to basically have him be, like, a platoon with Willier, and when the games in the games that O'Neal plays, he plays left and Yoshida DHs, like, basically what that would mean is that they're not going to go out and get a DH. And I think that our lineup does need another bat it's blazing hot outside you get in your car to turn on the ac to get cold air pumping but it blows hot air out this issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the ac system you want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time ac pro recharge kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero diy experience in less than 10 minutes Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro recharge kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Like another Aww. proven bat. Dude, but like, what if I want Turner? You, I want Turner back. Uh, what if you get your boy Polanco though, and then you can you can. I mean, people are gonna hate me for this. You can hit that guy third between Devers and Casas. I think that's fine. But if you get like Whit Merrifield, then you kind of gotta get like a DH. But uh, Gordo, real quick. O'Neill in right field, 2018, he played 24 games. Uh, 2019, he played eight games. That's it. 
That's his right field experience in Major League Baseball. So That scares me. But to have him jump into the most difficult right field in the league, I'm a little hesitant. But the way I kind of see it is, and of course I'm biased because I love this guy, why not give Willier Abreu the job? Let him be the right fielder. You got Ref Snyder on the bench too. You got Rafaela. If it goes bad, you can plug those guys in. Duran in center. And then you have O'Neill in left, Yoshida DH. And then hopefully you get a second baseman with at least an average bat. And then I think you're good. Defense is good. Offense is good. I, that, that's how I'm looking at it now. And of course, they can make a move and get a right fielder. And then a Abreu can be traded. This all changes. But as it stands right now, I like a excuse me, platoon in left field, Willier in right, and then Duran in center. The way, the way I see the, the right field thing, because like you said, he hasn't played it in years. But in almost every ballpark in the majors, center field is going to be the hardest defensive outfield position to play. And they trusted him with that. So the way I see it is if he can play center field in all these other ballparks and, and do it to a gold glove caliber level, he can play right field. And yeah. I think the Sox, and to your point, you, you said if they get Jorge Polanco... How do you feel about it? I don't feel that the need for a bigger DH is as pressing if they get a Jorge Polanco, but I thought their offense was good last year and it wasn't, but it wasn't great. If you swap for Dugo for O'Neill and then swap Turner for Polanco, you can't, you, you can try to make the argument that maybe you're like a little better. I wouldn't make that argument. I want them to be better than they were last year. So you I want them you both. You could get Turner. And both. then kind of That's what maybe, both. maybe get rid of get rid of Rep Snyder or don't have Rafael start in the majors. And by the way, yes, allow me to uh, allow me to make myself look bad for a second. <laughs> Willier Abreu played seven point one innings in right field last year. Uh, made an error, uh, three putouts or two putouts and three chances. So tiny, tiny sample size, which is like the cardinal sin in baseball. But yeah, it doesn't make me feel great. So. I kind of like the scenario you laid out, actually. You bring in a guy like Polanco, you also bring back Turner, and then you truly make it like a platoon kind of mix and match kind of situation where you got a guy like O'Neill who has, as Pat mentioned, really long laundry list of injury issues, keep him off his feet a little. They got options, which is good. So we'll see how it goes. Well, that's also the point, though, is that you can... can sort of count on Tyler O'Neill getting hurt. Like, I don't want... I'm nervous to trust William Abreu with a full-time job on opening day. But you have Tyler O'Neill, who has an injury history. If you can count on him going down, William's going to get his chance. So that's how I see it. You so, go ahead, Coop. That kind of brings up my question of, like, you know, we talk about the Red Sox trying to be competitive heading into, like, opening day. And we bring up, you know, well, Tyler O'Neill, he has his injury issues, so they need to be able to patch up someone for that. And... You know, I bring up, well, I don't hate like Duvall coming back and kind of filling that slot of being like a rover of DH and outfield. Um, but he also has his injuries as put on display this past year. We talk about Whit Merrifield possibly coming in at second base and being a right-handed bat to help out the lineup that way. He's also someone who is older, most likely injury prone. Justin Turner, as Gordo had said, is a fan of coming back. Um, also injury prone and someone who... You know, they talked about last year, him taking a bulk of second base slots. Like, is that something that can potentially be something there that you don't really want to rely on? But it is a possibility. And that's the whole unevenness of and then a 
of course, the Willier Abreu not having too many reps and being a fresh face out there. I, like, it really does boil down to, like, what what is the safest option to make them competitive? And that's what I still find very frustrating about the situation that the Red Sox are in and, like, what we discussed at the very beginning part of the show. I, like, I, I personally, even though Adam Duvall is injury prone, I know that his bat is something that is reliable when healthy. So, like, I, he is hands down my number one option right now. Just sign him back. Yeah, it'll be a fifth outfielder type situation, but hopefully he can take a bulk of DH slots. And then you also go out and sign someone who can be sign or trade for someone who can be a solid second baseman. Yeah, but I, I don't hate that. I'd be, I wouldn't say he's my top choice, but can't complain about getting Duvall back. As far as realistic like point of view, like I, Polanco would be beautiful, but like I just I don't count on the Red Sox being aggressive like that. So listen to this with the so I think Polanco is going to end up being the guy because the Twins want to trade him. The Red Sox have a need. It seems too obvious. Listen to this. We were talking last week about not being so sure about the lineup. If O'Neill is the right fielder, like Gordo wants and Polanco comes in, and your lineup is something like Duran, Devers, Turner, Casas, Story, Yoshida, Polanco, O'Neal, Catcher. That's a friggin', that's an awesome lineup. You re-sign Turner, you bring in Polanco. Nasty, nasty. So, yeah, I, I, I'm co-sign on that one. I love that. That's a balanced, good lineup. All right, real quick before we pivot. Um... I currently have up the laundry list of Tyler O'Neill's injuries because I was curious as to prevalence of reoccurrence. So he sprained his left middle finger, which that's a freak thing. There's no real carryover there. to the best of us. Uh, left wrist contusion after a hit by pitch. We've seen that with Story. It's a freak thing. Uh, lower back strain, which resolved and he came back to play. He's only suffered that from one time we saw jd have that a couple of times there's no real big carry over there the one thing that is concerning is the left hamstring because he had two separate occasions of a left hamstring and those do tend to linger and kind of carry over and reoccur but in the grand scheme of things it's not like he's it's not like a cat like it's not like he's missing time with the same injuries or He's prone to like elbow or shoulder stuff. Like it's nothing like that. It's just run of the mill, like injuries that can happen. Th- these aren't injuries that are going to, you can bank on him being like, uh, like slip disc in his back. He's going to be out for two months or, oh, like elbow inflammation again. Like he might need time. Like these aren't like serious injuries. There's a lot of occurrences there. None of which are like major red flags in terms of like medical reviewing. So I like that because I was expecting to see some shoulder, some elbow stuff, maybe like some kind of like ankle thing, nothing. So overall, the hamstring's kind of scary, but everything else surrounding it, the missed time and everything, nothing red flaggy. I approve. Let's oh. go. Clip that. Clip that, Coop. We got to put right. that out on the internet well, and then people will be renewed with hope. Pat will be a hero to the Webster's nation. Webster's word of 2023, red flaggy. Yeah, Red you can at you can at the quack. You know who I'm talking about. The clack, the quack. What? Uh, oh, okay, I got you on that. Well, no, I 
I only concern myself with one real doctor of Red Sox Twitter, and that's Pat Brown. Uh, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that's a real doctor. Oh uh, god.